0: Good morning. My name is Craig McGinnis, and uh, I want to introduce you this morning to an organization called Impact Empowerment Group, or simply IEG. Uh, I became involved with IEG about three years ago, um, and it's a nonprofit up in North Park Hill involved in some critical mission areas that are just important to our community and very much aligned with what we've been working on as a church. Uh, they deal right in the heart of issues of of gang violence, of institutional racism, of mass incarceration, of gentrification of our neighborhoods and the impact that has. Um, and I'm thrilled that this year, IEG was selected by our Mission Life Committee to be one of our mission partners. Uh, and so... Uh, uh, to speak a little more about the organization, it's my pleasure to introduce to you Pernell Hines, uh, my friend and colleague at IEG. He's our Director of Outreach, uh, to say a few more words about the important work of this organization. Thank you, Pernell.
1: Hi, I'm Pernell Hines. Like you said, I'm from IEG, um, former gang member myself, been incarcerated, um, basically the whole nine behind that. Um, while I was incarcerated, I was able to give my life to the Lord and change it around and um, be able to come back to my community and make a difference. And um, like I said, with guys like Craig and people like you know you guys, we've been able to make a big headway with giving guys like myself a second opportunity. Coming from prison, um, being able to make a difference by being able to be uh, more productive to the community instead of tearing it down. Um, and we've been able to give a guys opportunities by giving them employment and even an entrepreneurial standby board where they can start turning their life around. Um, we have a program for youth that's at risk, um, to where we can divert them from crime and gangs onto other things as far as working and staying educated. So, um, without the the support from people like you guys, we wouldn't even be able to do this. So we would like to thank you guys personally. And you guys have a program coming up um, next week. It's next week called the DOPE Education Program. And we will be here um, to let you guys know a lot of what we do in the community. And if any questions be brought up at that point in time, you can talk to us. But we'd like to thank my view for all the support. And um, thank you guys.
2: Good morning, Montview Church. A special welcome to those of you who are first-time worshipers with us. We are glad you are here. A couple of announcements after church today at noon. For those of you who would like to stay, we invite you to stay for our congregational meeting. For those of you who are members of the congregation, you are voting members, and we are electing officers um, for the congregation and also electing those who will serve on the pastor nominating committee. I also want to draw your attention to our Montview Distinguished lectures lectures next uh, week, Sunday and Monday evening, 7 p.m. Dr. Elaine Pagels, who's one of the preeminent scholars um, in religion and religious history from Princeton University will be here. Um, and it did any of you listen to her get to hear her fresh air interview this week her new book comes out um, if you can catch it on NPR she's outstanding and we are so fortunate to have her at Montview so we do invite you to come out next Sunday and Monday night on this Veterans Day and Armistice Day we remember and we give thanks for those men and women who gave their lives in service um, to our country I invite you to please stand and join me in the call to worship. This is the day that the Lord has made. Oh, praise the Lord with me. Let us worship God. Friends, God knows our needs before we ask and in our asking prepares us to receive the gift of grace. Let us be open to seek with God, seek peace with God and reconciliation with our neighbors. Let us be mindful not only of personal faults but also of our communal communal sins of family, class, race, nation. Let us confess to God whatever has wounded us or brought injury to others that we may receive mercy and become for each other ministers of God's grace. Let us begin the prayer of confession in silence. May we join together. Generous God, you ask us to follow you, but we prefer to worship you. You call us to be open-hearted, but we'd rather be well-behaved. Forgive us for making so small the grandness of the gospel, and open wide our hearts to the fullness of your love. Amen. May the God who calls you by name be your source of strength. May the God who forgives you completely set you free from all that holds you in bondage. Receive the good news of forgiveness. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. So live in peace. Amen. The scripture exhorts us to live in harmony with one another, be sympathetic, love as brothers and sisters, be compassionate and humble, do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult, but with blessing, because to peace you were called. Let us turn to one another and offer the peace of God, the peace of the Lord be with you.
3: Each year we personalize Bibles for our fourth grade Sunday school students. Their name is engraved on the front, and Pastor Clover and Pastor Ian sign these Bibles. Today we have 30 Bibles ready for fourth graders, and today is the morning of the girls on the run run. So many of our fourth-grade girls are taking on that challenge this morning in that weather. We'll say their names to honor them and send them our best wishes for meeting this 5K goal. Fourth-graders, we hope that you'll keep this Bible with you. We hope that you'll read it. And we hope that even if it's someday when you're in your college dorm room and you see that Bible, you'll remember this day and this place and this congregation. But most importantly, I hope you'll remember how much we love and care for each one of you. In just a few minutes, we'll start saying your names one at a time. When we call your name, please come to the table and receive your Bible, and then come up on the stairs. You'll be helping us with a liturgy.
4: As I call your name, if you'll go pick up your Bible, Ada I.P. Meyerhoff. Allison Miller Curley Anna Sue Wang Audrey B. Price Audrey Ellen Spone Audrey Shin Austin C. Zexer Bryant William Pierce. Carson Lewis McConnell. Cash Patrick Lacey. Cole Harrison Rogers. Elena P. Russell. Erica Ann Campbell. Fiona Darby Wren, Genevieve Hickman, Griffin G. Duffy, Harper Sheldon, Isabel Luco Brain, Jacob Cade Kirkwood, Madeleine Grace Weldon, Mia Margaret Lucas, Nadia K. Debick, Noel K. Dewar, Reagan Sloan Avery, Reese E. Thompson, Ryan Patrick Flanagan, Theodore Andrew Moraz, Vivian I. Batchelder, Zadok Simon Mills, and Zebulon David Mills. Friends, will you all please join us in the liturgy that is found in your bulletin.
5: Let's pray together the prayer for illumination found in your bulletin. Give us humble, teachable, and obedient hearts that we may receive your word and respond in love. Amen. Our lesson is Psalm 146, found on pages 544 and 545 in your New Testament, in your Old Testament Pew Bible. Praise the Lord, O my soul. Praise the Lord. I will praise the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praises to my God all my life long. Do not put your trust in princes and mortals in whom there is no help. When their breath departs, they return to the earth. On that very day, their plans perish. Happy are those whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord their God, who made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, who keeps faith forever, who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets prisoners free. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind, The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the strangers. He upholds the orphan and the widow, but the way of the wicked he brings to ruin. The Lord will reign forever. Your God, O Zion, for all generations. Praise the Lord. Listen to the voice of the Spirit speaking to the church. Thanks be to God.
4: Would you pray with me? Loving God, center us in this moment and open our hearts to Your Word for us this morning. We pray in Christ's name, amen. So you probably all know um, that today marks the 100th anniversary of the end of World War One, It was called at the time, the Great War, and the war to end all wars. It took the life of nine million soldiers and almost as many civilians. It injured and maimed another 20 million over four years of, of brutal trench warfare. Four years of limb tearing artillery shells, mustard gas, flamethrowers, four years of killing on a scale that the world had never seen. But in 1918, in the 11th month, on the 11th day, in the 11th hour, this hour, an armistice was declared. The Times correspondent at the time Edwin James wrote from the front lines four years killing and massacre stopped as if god had swept him his omnipotent finger across the scene of world carnage and cried enough. Armistice The suspension of hostilities between warring parties, a truce, a ceasefire, armistice from the Latin arma, meaning weapon, and stitium, meaning to stop or to stand still. We hear the same root in the word solstice. The day so long, it seems the sun stood still in its sky. On Armistice Day, the weapons stand still." Some of you, I hope, had the chance to enjoy the Colorado Symphony last weekend when they commemorated this important anniversary with British composer Benjamin Britten's War Requiem. It's a haunting piece of music written in 1962 that combines parts of the Catholic Mass for the dead with nine poems. The poems were penned by Winfred Owen, a young man who fought in the Great War. One of his poems is on your cover today. Both Britain, through his music, and Owen, through his poetry, expose the horror of war and the overwhelming sorrow of so much senseless killing. And in a cruel example of art becoming life, Winfred Owen Owen himself was killed in battle just one week before the end of the war. His mother on Armistice Day received the telegram in Shrewsbury, England that her son was dead while the church bells rang out in victory. Armistice Day, what what we call Veterans Day, celebrates the end of war. And were it true, we might be able to heal from a story like Winfred Owen's. But the reality of human armistice is that it seldom lasts long. Like the sun in its sky, weapons do not stay still for very long. It would have been unthinkable in 1918, as church bells rang and people wept for joy, that only 20 years later, an even greater carnage would be unleashed across the world. Who could have imagined that the boy born the hour when the armistice was declared and named Pax for the peace? that would surely now follow, that he would lose his life 21 years later in the second war to end all wars. So today as we reflect on this historic anniversary, we can first be grateful that we are not in the midst of a world war, but we are certainly not at peace either. Violent conflicts continue to rage around the globe and many of our young men and women involved in some of them. And closer perhaps to our everyday lives, we live in a nation so deeply divided. Coming out of the elections this week, I was so aware of how much war language there was. Our president vowing a warlike posture if the House investigates him. An article I saw saying, entitled, Why Democrats Must Prepare for Brutal Trench Warfare. We are a nation in conflict. We are angry and worried and afraid. And there is its own kind of emotional violence that we are experiencing in these days of so much contempt and vitriol. And then there is the physical violence we are exposed to, the, the terrorist plots, pipe bombs in the mail, and, of course, the shootings. Twelve more dead now in Thousand Oaks, California this week, 11 killed two weeks ago in their synagogue. I read recently that so far this year, there have been 307 mass shootings, defined as an incident in which at least four people are shot. That's 307 shootings in 315 days. It's almost a day, a shooting per day. And as a pastor, I, to be honest, I feel a little lost at this point as to what to say about There is so much to grieve, and there's so much to be angry about. And there's something different about the kind of random violence we're experiencing these days. When countries are at war, well, you know who your enemy is, and you know where they are. You have some idea of why they want to hurt you. But the violence we face today has no country. And it often seems to have no rhyme or reason, no purpose other than to inflict suffering. And we don't know where or from whom or when it could come, so we're left feeling increasingly vulnerable at any moment, in any setting, from anyone. And in such a world, it would be completely natural to want to arm ourselves if not literally, then certainly emotionally. It is only natural to want to retreat, to be a little more suspicious and a little less trusting of those around us which catches us then in a kind of positive feedback loop where the increasing fear and anger around us make us more fearful and angry, and just when we need more kindness and mercy in the world, we find ourselves adding to the arms race. What we all need is an armistice, a truce. We need the weapons to stand still. But unfortunately, I don't think that's likely to happen in the world around us anytime soon. But as people of faith, I do think we can find a kind of armistice within us. Praise the Lord, says our psalmist. Praise the Lord, O my soul, do not put your trust in princes, in mortals, in whom there is no help. Happy are those whose help is in the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord their God." The psalmist is encouraging a kind of reorientation, a realignment when we get overwhelmed by this world, by its princes and its principalities, we must turn, we must return to the Lord our God. It is so easy to get caught up in the frenzy of the news cycle and the fear cycle and the anger cycle. The media machine has become expert at playing to our worst impulses about the other political party or the coming caravan or what the president just tweeted, and there are politicians happy to manipulate our anxieties for their gain. But this almost reminds us that there are larger forces at work in the world than those in Washington, and we need to regularly, daily, Ground ourselves in that truth. Do not put your trust in princes. Remember, it is the Lord who made heaven and earth, and it is the Lord who sets prisoners free and opens the eyes of the blind and lifts up the bowed down. It is the Lord who will reign forever. Happy are those who put their faith in the Lord. You could do worse than starting every morning by reading Psalm 146, because if we can get ourselves realigned in that deep truth, then we've got a chance of finding some armistice within us. In some ways, I think the real war, the war that could really change things, is within us, not around us. We spend so much energy working for peace out there, and we should. But that mostly means trying to get other people to change. And besides the fact that it seldom works, such an approach also distracts us from the state of our own hearts. And most of us, most of the time, are more angry and afraid than we care to share. So, on this historic armistice day, on this 11th month, and 11th day, and 11th hour, let us commit to making sure that our weapons, at least, will stand still. May we commit to working for peace without and within. Let us stand against evil with courage and strength, but always from a place of love. And may we not allow our righteous anger to become an unrighteous hatred. May we put our trust in God and not in this world, and when fear threatens to overwhelm us, may we remember to whom we belong and live like we believe it with hearts that are open, not despite the way things are, but because of the way things are, for our own sake and for the world's.
2: In our prayers of intercession, we will take a moment of silence between each bidding. Let us pray. Tender and compassionate God, you ask us to pray for all people. Here, we offer our prayers for your world in need, trusting in your great love. Let us pray for the church. Gracious God, we pray for the Church of Jesus Christ around the world. May your church be one in spirit throughout the earth and one in witness to your liberating love and forgiveness. Let us pray for those who are in positions of authority. We pray for those who govern every city, state, and nation and all who are committed to their charge. May their hearts turn and be led into the ways of justice and compassion so that decisions are made that seek the good of all, especially for the good of those who are powerless and those who suffer. Let us pray for those without shelter, the hungry, and victims of disaster. In Jesus, we see that you suffer, O God, with those who suffer. We pray for those who are denied what they need to live and those whose dreams have been shattered by war or disaster. We pray especially for the victims of all forms of violence, and we are mindful of the community of Thousand Oaks. Let us pray for our enemies. We pray to you, O God, for those whose actions offend us most, those we've allowed to become anathema to us, and for those whom we have learned to fear and despise. Through your great love, soften our hearts made hard by hatred and suspicion. May we do the hard work of peace and compassion so that we might live not as the world lives, but as you call us to live as children of God. Let us pray for the sick in body, mind, or spirit and for those who are grieving and let us pray for ourselves. God of hope and new life, help us to see the joy and abundant life you intend for us. Help us to let go of all that keeps us bound to anxieties, fears, and regrets. Now, O God, bring armistice in our time, in ourselves, in our church, in our homes, in our neighborhoods, in our city, and in our nation. We pray for peace in the name of Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace, saying the prayer he taught us, our Father, who art in heaven. Amen. Again, a special welcome to those of you who are first-time worshipers. And to all of you, we invite you to sign the friendship pad. It is on the inside of the aisle. And pass it along the pew. And please greet the person next to you by name. Each week, we have the chance to share in the creative and restorative work of God here and in the world and we offer a portion of what we have with grateful hearts. Let us receive the morning offering. Let us join together in the prayer of dedication, saying, God, you have so greatly loved us, long sought us, and mercifully redeemed us. Give us grace that in everything we may yield ourselves, our wills and our works, a continual thank-offering to you, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.
4: We are going to try something new this year. We have a meeting for the congregation at this time each year. We're going to try it now after the worship service instead of our usual before. So we'd like to ask that as many of you that can, if you'd stay for another 10 or 15 minutes, I think at most, it's usually a short meeting if you'd stay in place um, so that we make sure we have a quorum and you get a sense of how we do our business around here. Uh, That would be wonderful. We know not all of you can stay, and so we're going to have just literally one minute of uh, transition time, and if you need to be on your way, um, you may do so with, with very little judgment from us for leaving, <laughs> hardly any. Really, I'm kidding. Have a, if you are, need to go, blessings on your day, go with God, and go in peace.